0: Hey there, folks. Episode number 67 of the Unicast. We are back once again, and today we are talking with Mara Avery Drayton of Avery Drayton Photography. Uh, Plus, we're going to talk about the expansion of the Utica Zoo. Uh, We're going to talk about dating in your 30s. We're going to talk a little bit about the presidential debate. We're going to talk about the sad demise of the Players Theater presentation of Scrooge. And we're going to talk about our good times spent at the Uticon last weekend. All that and more on this week's episode of the Uticast.
1: Kevin Sullivan, hello! I don't think welterweight is a thing. I think that's a term that they just made up. What does that mean? Welterweight... I don't know, welterweight. I just think it's a funny... It's a funny weight to be. What is bantamweight? Bantam is a word for, like, a small chicken? Yes. It's like the weight of a small chicken? Fighters are the tiny, weight of a small chicken? Tiny, small
0: chicken weight. The whole thing's a scam. Welter is maybe a large goose? I don't know. Putting put welts on people? Well, I assume they were going with a poultry theme, if they're gonna name them. Are after. they? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like you're probably a heavyweight, though, if You're a big guy. I think I, I would have to be. You would dominate the welterweight scene. I don't be even know bad.
1: what... would yeah. be bad. I think welterweight is little <laughs> scrubs like you. probably be wailing on you.
0: No, I'm probably something dope, like super flyweight. I just want to be super
1: flyweight. Is that a thing? <laughs> I'm disgusted. What are we, 50 seconds into this show? I'm disgusted. <laughs> That's how I know I'm doing a good job uh how's things buddy how you been Ah, uh, things things are things are things i had a three-day weekend that was great yeah enjoying the luxury that was great yeah <laughs> yeah quite a bit you know it
0: is it's there's something special about knowing you have that third day that makes those first two days extra
1: special any day that you're not supposed to have off from work generally like usually is a nice day to have unless it's a sick day yeah yeah that's true but even not even still the sick day like you're even having a specifically stressful week at work and you end up coming down with a cold or something where like you're not feeling good, obviously not like debilitating sickness. Sure. But just sick enough that you're gonna like lay in bed and like read all day or something yeah. like that, that's nah, not so bad. There's nothing on this planet that makes me more angry than having to take a
0: sick day because I'm actually like sick. I'm like I gotta I when you like legitimately have to take one because you're taking it to sit at home. A sick day should be used for emergencies. Sorry, As boss. opposed to like the regular days off where you're not sitting at home. Well, that's fair, too. <laughs> no, there's, there's something weird. I used to think about it. It's like when you were a kid, right? There's something weird about having a day off when you're supposed to be at school, right? When you're a kid and you're watching all the shows your parents watch at home and you're, like, sitting on the couch and all your buddies are in class. You're like, hmm, wonder what I'm missing. I don't feel that way anymore. And now now no, no. I just no, not anymore. Now as an adult, I'm like, I don't care what's going on. No, no, on.
1: Nothing's, going on anyway. nothing's going on anywhere. Nothing's going on anywhere. Uh,
0: hey, speaking of nothing's going on anywhere, uh, we we lied about uh, on the show last week.
1: We did I know li- what one of your other segments is, and I thought that was going to be an amazing segue into that segment. But go <laughs> ahead. <laughs> well, uh, we we talked last week a bit. About the debate,
0: the first presidential debate, which took place uh, took place last Monday night. It was happening shortly after we taped. Shortly after we taped, and uh, we sort of did a, a sarcastic segment where we predicted what we expected the uh, debate to be.
1: How how on point do you feel like we were? I don't remember what I said. I black. I've blacked out most of my election speak so far this season. <laughs> but um, I was not prepared for Trump to look as bad as he did. Mm. I was amazed. Uh, It was bordering on self-parody. Not that I think Clinton went out there and, like, shocked the world, but she looked like a million bucks next to him. Yeah. Um, And after watching all that, I remember, if you remember, when we were watching it, I was just laughing. Yeah. I was, like, howling, laughing at stuff. And, like, it was kind of giving me a look like, what are we even laughing at? And it's just what blew my mind the most is the next day when people go out there after having watched that and still be like, yes, this man looks like he's fit to be president. I haven't heard any coherent argument for that pretty much all election season, but specifically since the debate, I've heard zero coherent argument for how okay. you could watch that man in that debate and think that that man belongs anywhere near the presidency of the United States. Well, the argument is you already thought that before you watched
0: the debate, and oh, nothing sure. that happened during the debate changed your opinion. I said coherent Oh, coherent. Argument. Yeah, right. Coherent, Sorry. intelligent Sorry. arguments. My bad. My bad. No, look, it's, it's the story of the election so far. Trump can say whatever he wants— And people will either be engrossed and entertained by it or disgusted and repelled by it. And it's already happened,
1: and if it hasn't happened for you already, it means you're either on board or it will happen sooner or later. Well, sure, and that's the thing to remember about the debates is the debates are not for Clinton supporters and they're not for Trump supporters. The people already have their minds made up. People aren't, there's There's never really been any debates, and this really, really, really proves it with how much of a car crash Trump was in this mm. past one. Yes. But debates don't sway the people who already have their minds made up, right? Correct. Yeah. Like, you already have your mind made up, whoever you're voting for. Hillary. I have my mind made up, sure, all that stuff. When you watch the debate, there was nothing either of them could have done that would have changed that. What those debates are for is for the people who are all still on the fence, which yeah. seems crazy. Anybody could be like that this year in this election cycle, but that's to sway the independents and moderates. And I have to believe that anybody who is an independent, rational person on the fence because they had misgivings about Clinton's, yeah. you know, completely admitted, you know, issues and faults and things that have gone on, you know, corruption, all that stuff. People who are on the fence, I would have to imagine a lot of them watched that debate and were like, yeah. "Oh God." Yeah. Oh god.
0: Um no no. We tend to point people in this direction uh, every now and then, but uh, if you don't watch John Oliver, uh, go take a look on YouTube at his uh, his video he did 2 weeks ago about the uh, scandals relating to each candidate. Uh it's it's a nice it's a nice look at at what you think you know about both candidates. He does a really good yeah. job
1: even disregarding the fact that he's not allowed to really go at Hillary on his show. Well, yeah. Obviously, they're not allowed to because of, you know, his company gives money to her, and yeah, you know, vice right. versa, and all that. Even still, like he does a pretty good job of, you know, telling the truth. He's not really leaving most yeah. things out, and he really that guy has a knack for framing things in a layman's term. You don't want to spend three hours reading like backstories and backlogs mm. and all this different information. Does a really good job of putting in a concise little bulleted video, pretty much. Yeah, uh, the English accent goes a long way too. It's very charming. One of the things I don't like the most about him, actually, when he's joking. His English accent gets really over the top, and a certain vein in his humor I find to be really off-putting. Huh. Only sometimes, like 10, 10 to 15% of the time, I he's the worst in the world, but those other 85%, he's great. See, I think those snarky limies can do no wrong. Love you I'll, guys. I'll point one out specifically next time, because there's a, there's a very specific shade or thing yeah. that he does. I'm fascinated by that. We'll get to yeah. that off the air. I uh, want to
0: share something that happened with you. I don't think I've talked to you about this. I was supposed to go on a date a couple weeks ago.
1: See, I knew you were going to talk about dating when you are like, speaking of nothing going on, let's talk about dating.
0: Uh, Yeah, let's talk about dating. Uh, So I went, I was supposed to go on a date. That Wednesday thing? That Wednesday thing. With that one girl? With that one girl. Gotcha. I had spoken to the girl that day, and we had had text message conversation. Mm -hmm. And literally after the question came out of my mouth in the middle of the day, because last time I had assumed we had plans. Yeah, yeah. She's like, "Oh, you didn't call me. All they didn't text me. I just made other plans." I was like, "Well, I thought plans were assumed, but okay, whatever. My mm-hmm. bad, right?" Mm-hmm. So now,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I send them the text message earlier in the day. Hey, what are you thinking about uh, for food tonight? A couple options. Like, what do you? What do you? What are you thinking food wise?
1: What are you shaking your head at me for? I'm shaking my head because you don't ask. What do you don't I'm ask? Tell what people. Like. Tell. Take charge i don't like to they, take they'll charge they'll find something well there's the problem you gotta uh, take charge gotta take charge go well, ahead well here you go no response
0: all day date gets closer I was like all right, I'm not gonna text back cause I obviously never should, again uh, no no yeah I
1: can't text back yeah Never. one heard from unsolicited girl. text message you can never send another yeah. one afterwards
0: never heard from her again from the sake of this date haven't heard from her since really mm-hmm. um I don't know how do I take this what does that mean
1: Ah, uh, I mean, I, I think you know what it means. You haven't heard anything, so there's obviously something else at play. I mean, See. who knows if another gentleman caller has stepped up to the plate. Maybe somebody <laughs> decisive who's not like, hey, what kind of foods do you um, like? Maybe a gentleman who's like, I'm going to take you to this place that I like and show you my world. I could show you the world. There's like... Uh, shining, See what I mean? Shimmering. Exactly. Splendid. You're not doing off uh, Aladdin with these girls.
0: No, that's true. I, look, I think... I have a problem with dating in, in my 30s in general. And I sure. think... When you, especially if you're trying to date other single people in their 30s, we still butt up against this sort of idea in our heads that we're getting to a point in time where if there's no chance with this relationship, right off the bat, if you're like, ah, no, I'm not into it. Ooh, I'm totally guilty of this. Yeah, if there's no chance right off the bat, I'm not into it because I'm 30 years old and I don't have two or three years to figure out if I like this person because I inherently assume that every relationship I get into going forward should have some outcome that's worthwhile.
1: Well, I think, and that that might highlight a part of the problem, because for as much as that's a completely sane and coherent dating stance to have at age 30, mm. I think at the same time, it can lead to you inadvertently... It could lead to a person inadvertently putting too much pressure to up front, and that, that's, that would be unfair. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's unfair to say, because all you're like is, hey, these are my intentions, here's what I'm thinking, but... Some people who aren't um, self-aware don't spend as much time self-examining themselves as maybe sure. somebody like you or somebody like I does. It's a lot for them to have somebody come right in and be like, this is what I see, this is my vision, this is what I'm thinking. Just so you know, they're like, whoa, 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 buddy, pump the brakes. Yeah. Even though they might be thinking that, sometimes you got to sort of backdoor it around. Because if you're coming right up right up front, it might seem like too much. But the other side of that is, if you
0: are a flippant 30-year-old dude who's just going on solo dates, a lot of women aren't going to take you seriously. How you doing? Um, <laughs> you know what I mean like then you get this reputation for being oh well this guy he's 30 years old he goes on lots of listen, dates and single he's I've, trouble I've,
1: I've always been a firm believer of anybody who puts reputations like that forward on people Um, isn't somebody whose time is really worth it fair if you're very open and honest about who you are and what it is you're doing yeah. be like yeah, I do go on dates with a lot of girls, and I meet a lot of girls because I would like to find this one yeah. person. And, you you know, it's important you've been, if you're in that situation, you have to be honest with girls. Don't lead them on. Tell them something it's not. You know yeah. what I mean? But there's nothing wrong with continuing to go out and try out different people. And just because you go out to dates, I mean, I'll go have a drink with just about anybody in the entire yeah. world. And at the end of the day, you know, if that's all you're doing for a date, well, what do you care if you went and got a drink with ten different people last week? As long as you're not leading the people on and going forward. But I think people do get a bad rap. I think one of the worst, you know, one of the worst, most demonized words and things somebody can be called is like, oh, that person's a player. It's not really like that person's a player. I mean, if you're going out there and you're specifically lying to people to get what you want physically and then just laughing as you kick them to the curb, yeah, you're a scumbag. Mm. But like if you're somebody well, you're out, in your
0: early twenties. Well like,
1: either well, everybody was a scumbag <laughs> in their early twenties. But like either that or you know, if you're out there just meeting different people, going out and being open to experiences with different people and being open and honest yeah. about wanting to explore what life is, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, yeah. I... But you're right. In a small area like this, you don't want to get that certain reputation. But then again, sometimes with that reputation, people are curious. Some people like so the like, reputation. They're like, oh, jeez, oh. you know, I've heard that Sam femilaro has been out to his secret date spot ten times this week with ten different girls. i got to see what that kid's doing on dates. Yeah, what kind of date Maybe spot I is Maybe I ought this?
0: to slide into the DMs. Mm, slide on
1: in. Speaking of slide into the DMs, folks, send
0: us some mailbag questions, you to at gmail.com. Also, if you want to go on a date with Sam... Go on a date with Sam. On Sam, on date will, with Sam will Sam. take you on a lovely oh, good date. date. Hey, listen, lovely you know though, date. and here and I gotta. I guess maybe we're going a little long in this first segment, but that's okay. We we don't have a whole bunch it's compelling stuff. Compelling. I think maybe I need to rethink the dinner as a date option. A
1: hundred percent. Maybe. hundred percent. Maybe it's just me. I could fix you in twenty minutes. Going. <laughs> I could fix you in this whole segment too. The segment after this. Going, coming from a New York City
0: background, getting dinner, a bite to eat, is super casual. Right. It uh, Maybe I'm doing something wrong, but it seems like going out to get food in upstate New York is less
1: casual Way than it was downstate. Way the hell different. You want to know why? bunch of reasons. Here's one of the main reasons. Okay. People aren't... Okay, so if you're going to get a bite to eat somewhere, number one, I mean, there's a wide variety of different, like, styles of places to go and eat and, like, different things to have and like that or whatever. Sure. But I think a lot of it is the fact that if you're going to get a bite to eat with somebody in your old neighborhood in New York... And you each take your different subway there, you're out there, you walk there, and then you go your separate ways. There's none of that weird, like, should I pick you up? Should we meet? Should we go here? And then we're sure. sitting in the car, then I'll drop you Free off. Agent. And do I, like, lean yeah. over in the car? Do I walk you to the door? Like, and all that different stuff that goes on. Mm-hmm. Whereas going to grab a bite to eat, it's super casual. It's like, hey, I'm literally taking a train through this part and we're passing out here. Like, let's mm-hmm. grab a bite and then each quickly go our own separate ways. Huh. I, think that, I think that dinner is too formal. Too formal. I think that too whether whether formal. whether it truthfully is or is not too formal, I think dinner is perceived as being too formal. I think dinner is perceived as being too serious and too right. formal, certainly for a first date. You make a fair point. you got to be doing something casual, something fun, something where you can keep it moving, keep it breezy, not just sitting there across well, I, the table looking at each other being like so. I think that falls
0: into my one of my personal issues, which is I don't particularly like to go out drinking in public. It doesn't have to be drinking. I know, but the general easy option would be, let's go get a drink, right? Cup of coffee. Cup of coffee. Cup of coffee is the other option. Let's
1: go to the park. Walk in the park. That's pretty good. Walk in the park. Why don't we go down to the farmer's market on a Saturday? Mm. Why don't we go down to the museum on a Wednesday? You've never been to Utica Public Library? Let's go check it out. We'll get library cards they're free. Each one of us will get a book for each other, and the other one has to read it. Hmm. This stuff is not hard. Yeah, but I got a lot... We,
0: look, but me and these women are going to be spending a lot of time planning our dream weddings together before we do any of this stuff, so it's going to take yeah. a If long.
1: I know anything about you and women, I know that you will have the wedding planned long before you remember her
0: last name. No, no. Just the soundtrack is planned out. Everything else will make up on the spot. The soundtrack's been made since, like... Is there 06. anything
1: to a wedding besides the soundtrack? Not from my perspective
0: <laughs> Alright, good uh, Yeah, dating in your 30s is uh, Trouble, at least for me I'll leave it at that uh, let's, let's take a break, that was a long first segment uh, We'll be back in just a minute With the one and only Cliff Montoni To the show once again, sir. Thank you for having me. Cliff wearing a jaunty
1: hat today. Yes. You like
0: that. Just one week after our discussion yeah. about fedoras. Yeah, I had to show that it could be done. Now, Kev, we had this discussion. I can't tell if th- is this a fedora. No, this is not a fedora. Really? Okay. No, All no. right. No. Brim's too
1: small. Brim's, brim's too, too small. Brim's too small for it to be a fedora.
0: And that
2: brim's too large.
1: No, that's too small. That's also too small. Too small. Also okay. Too okay. small.
2: okay. All right. All right. All right. I fedoras, don't know what a fedora. Fedoras is, is like. It turns out
1: your uh, fedoras is what like you'll see like. 1930s gangsters wearing. Okay. That's the type of hat you see, like, you know, the Bachelorette Party wearing in Vegas. Mm. All right, all right. At the pool. Mm. Or like Jason Mraz. Wearing a fedora. You got a Jason Mraz. See, he's not a fedora. Yeah, Mr. A to Z. It's a, a Z. Jason Mraz hat. Yeah, Mr. A to Z. Okay. All right. All right, all right,
2: I'll work on it. I'll work on I it. I
1: think that hat is called a derby. A, a derby. derby. I'm pretty sure it's right. a derby. Okay, well. I like it. Uh, that's fun. It is right? a good I like it. I thought fun. I'd
0: wear it. You know, Hats are one of those things that I always say, if I had unlimited money, right, if I just had all the money, I would definitely collect uh, sneakers and hats. Yeah. Which is funny, because I don't wear my sneakers all that often, yeah. and I don't wear hats all that often. I don't know why I'm fascinated by both items, even though I very rarely wear either.
1: That is true. Uh, isn't it funny how, like, all the stuff you want to collect, like, if you're at or just wearing, like, I want to collect the stuff, is all, like, just little kid stuff, yeah. Want, like sneakers and baseball hats and, yes. you know, like... Yeah, you're just trying to recapture that that
2: young glory. Yeah. A... Yep. Magic cards. Magic Maybe cards. that's just me. Well, magic
1: cards are an investment. Me.
0: Yeah. Those are worth money. Yeah, right. Yeah, so are sneakers, right? Are they? Yeah. Certain
1: ones. yeah I don't understand how magic works. I had a... I played magic for, like, one summer with some friends that I had at the time, and it was fun. Yeah. It was a lot, though. Like, getting into the collecting and building and, like, having it and, like, all that... It was like somebody let me like borrow a deck, and I'd play with that, and it would be fun, but it never seemed fun enough to like really delve into the way you need to to be good enough to compete with the people who do it as like a big-time hobby. I'll help you out. We get off air. Don't worry. I'll no, help I'm you good. out. No, I'm good. No, 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 no. I I'm hear you like asking so good. subtly, and I'll help. No, no, I'm, so <laughs> I'm so all set. I'm so all set.
0: Guys, so um, before we move on to our topics this week, I just wanted to note, uh, did you guys know uh, Katie was in the uh, was on the O D today? Representing Maiden Utica? Ooh. Katie Riley. Katie Riley. Hell yeah. Maiden Utica's Katie Riley representing in the O D today. Apparently we're kicking into high gear after a summer of events. Hell yeah. That's what I was told. Good to not love it. Queen Katie, Queen of our Queen of the City. It's funny how she's the most visible Maiden Utica member now. Since well, she should be. The rest of us are animals. It's true. We're all filthy, filthy kind animals. Savage, yeah. yeah. Dirty yeah. savages. Yeah. Uh, yeah, shout out to them. Uh, guys, I want to talk, though, about the Utica Zoo expansion, which is our primary topic for this segment. Uh, I would like to have a uh, good friend of the pod and uh, Utica Zoo um, representative Mike Beck come back on the show to talk about this sooner or later. Mike, if you're listening, call me, bro. Slide into the DMs. Or send us a mailbag
1: question. Uh, but the Utica Zoo, after 102 years... you guys know it's 102 years old? That seems crazy to me. But I think it would be really interesting to go take a look at what the zoo was like 100 years ago. Yes. Like, see what was up there in, like, 1920. They should do a historical section. Like, the history... Like, the timeline of the zoo. Like, a pavilion. I could see that maybe backfiring, though. Because what if the history is not that, like, rich? That shows their rise to mm. prominence. Mm.
0: Anyhow. Uh, well... They have unveiled earlier last week, I guess it was on the 27th last week, their $75 million master plan to update, improve, and expand in an attempt to make it one of the premier uh, regional destinations of tourism. I like it. Yeah. Uh, Plans include the building of an Asian temple that overlooks the city, uh, African and Adirondack-based habitats, as well as a living rainforest. Sounds awesome. Uh, This is a quote from Utica Zoo uh, Executive Director Andrew Heath. The zoo is strong, stable, debt-free, and we're ready to dream big. Uh, All things considered, the renovations will take about 10 years. Wow.
1: So. I would like to see, um, it's one of those things, because it's really tough, and I think you said something really important right at the end there is it's tough because like when you get when you look at these announcements and stuff it's so easy to get gassed up like i saw their announcement they rolled out and they got pictures of like animals they don't have now like yeah they're getting giraffes and orangutans and all these things they want to get and all these plans and all this stuff and people get so excited but people need to realize that in order for good things like this happen you have to be willing to take the time mm-hmm. and it is going to take probably eight to ten years to really build all this it won't just be next summer and like oh how come this isn't the san diego zoo on the parkway but I think, all things considered, man, I've always been a big proponent of the Utica Zoo. I think it's an awesome mm. thing that we have in this city, and I think it's such a unique thing for a city of our relatively small stature. Yeah. And I would love to see people going out and supporting it more, and I'm glad they're giving more reasons for people to come out and support.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think we're very lucky, based on our size, to have a zoo like that. You know, like, I'm from, an, what, 40 minutes away? Yeah, and, oh, 40 and it was something, side. you know, that, that we knew about as kids, and that we came to visit as kids. So, uh... It's a it's a tourist destination and we're lucky to have it. I look forward to it expanding.
0: Mm. Uh, in the background, if you hear Kevin pouring out that that delicious beer, it sm- smells great.
1: You see, smells good. It does smell it good? You see the cascading uh, down. No, glass. look.
0: Here's what I find fascinating about this is I feel like, and maybe I'm maybe I'm misinformed here. Didn't it seem like
1: for a while we were going to lose the Utica Zoo? Oh, well, we did. It did indeed because we were going to because yeah. it was horrible. I and don't know about this. Beat up. Yeah, Yooka Zoo was, like, for, like, 20, 25 years, for a long time, yukazu Zoo's been destitute most of the time, yeah, but, alive, it's been yeah. my understanding, it's a tough thing to keep open in an area like this, too, especially, mm. you know what I mean, in an area that's a little bit economically depressed, where, and for whatever reason, it's like, what, like, five bucks to get in there, Yeah, which yeah. for five bucks, if Great you've deal. got some kids, or you want to talk about this, too, Sam, you're talking about going out on dates, Dates hey, zoo. at the zoo. I had one of the best dates of my life I've ever had is the Utica Zoo, as a matter of fact. Also, hey. also true. No, but really, though. like right. I mean, so, like, but different things like that and having people kind of remembering that it's there. And I think it's easy for those of us who grew up here to sort of uh, take it for granted. Like, we went yeah. so many times when we were kids that you don't think at later ages, like, oh, I should go to the zoo. But then you go, and you're like, oh, wow, this is really cool. I think, honestly...
0: That's why this, this announcement surprised me as much as it did. Because in my head, I always thought of the Utica Zoo as, like, the little zoo that could. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just going to keep fighting through and fighting through and staying open and staying open. People, res- like, love it and respect it regionally. But, like, to have them attempt to make this sort of move, I, I, I that makes me happy. Yeah, I really look extent. forward to it. Yeah, yeah.
2: I had a young lady ask me to take her to the zoo. Mm. Solid Pokemon collection there, from what I know.
0: Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's that as well. Yeah, yeah. but, guys, yeah. I got to tell you, I... I checked the source. Yeah, my, my millennial source you at the it. high school. I yeah. talked to the millennials. Yep. and they told me that Pokemon Go. It's over. It's all over, guys. It's oh yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's over. Yeah, 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 it's over. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, before we move on from the zoo, though, let me get you guys. Give me one animal you would want if you could choose any animal the zoo doesn't have yet that you'd like to see the zoo acquire. Uh, for me, it's a penguin. Penguins. Yeah. 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 Yeah, penguins are tight. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. yeah, they have penguins at the Central
1: Park Zoo. If you're ever in Central Park, folks, uh, quite the show. Um, it's tough because I feel like I just my my right off the cuff answer is lowland mountain gorilla, of mm. course, naturally. But I feel like as much as I love the Utica Zoo, and this is no shade or no disrespect to them, but like animals like that are notoriously hard to take care of, and oh, you know, live in good quality yeah. of life and stuff like that. And I don't know if they have the full on resources to put mm. in like a gorilla habitat. But if they did, that would be amazing. That or some sort of aquarium feature. If I yeah, could get in there exactly. and get a look at yeah. like some sharks and yep. octopus and things yeah, like that. Yeah, that'd be tight. Uh,
0: Certainly, gorilla enclosure would be top level. Uh, never forget Harambe. We miss you. Um, I would say more than anything else, I would like, not a new animal, I would really like them to bring back some sort of bears. They used to have bears at the Utica Zoo when I was bears growing up. Tight. One of my favorite things to look at. I found bears very fascinating. Um I'd also like to see them revamp that reptile room. Big fan of reptiles, even though it always smells in the reptile room. Yeah, rooms. just more
1: snakes and reptiles would be great. I yeah. love, yeah, that stuff is cool. Do you,
0: I hate to even say it because it seems, it's a strange conversation. Do you buy into this, like, relatively recent trend, I feel like, where people are against zoos because they're animal prisons? Do,
1: do you buy into that and all? Some. I mean, I bit? get what they're saying, but at the same time, a lot of it seems very, like, Self-congratulatory on the fact that, like, look yeah. at how good I am. When I say that I right? think zoos are okay. bad, look at how good I am. Like, look, at. I get that we shouldn't be just snatching these animals, right. these endangered species out of their habitats, to chuck in some tiny, terrible little concrete cage of the zoo. I understand all that, and I am not going we would disagree. Number one, these animals that are already in captivity, nothing you can do with them, you can't release sure. them, so you've got to keep them, right. so here we are if they breed. And also, I think you're seeing more of a move of zoos to turn into more... Um, conscious consumption based like preservation places and a little bit more like refuges than just like you know probably if you went to a zoo in the 1950s they're probably just literally throwing these animals in concrete cages being sorry about their luck I think people are being a little more conscious of taking care of them, and I don't think that bringing five bucks to the Utica Zoo is supporting some major evil in the world. Right, right. And you notice the people who say dumb stuff like this, they're always tweeting about this and stuff. You know, the people who say this stuff on their iPhone that was made by five-year-old Japanese girls. Yes, it's so, yeah. very true. You know, like, pick pick your battles, I guess, and the zoos just isn't one of mine. As long as they're being humane and they're trying their best, I think that it's a cool resource for the community, and it helps people see these natural gems that are the animals to incentivize young kids to want to prioritize them and hold them closer for longer as they become more and more endangered as we take their habitats. Mm.
0: I need you so much closer, animals. Shout out to Ben Gibbard. Uh, any thoughts about the zoo before we move No, on? that's totally it. I mean, I obviously have, you
2: know, questions of ethically sustaining animals, and mm. uh, we have seen that certain <clears throat> sea world... Uh, yeah, has you know, yeah. some issues with ethically sustaining and taking care of animals that probably shouldn't be in captivity. They're, but for the most part, zoos do a very good job of taking animals that would have otherwise been endangered and probably
0: didn't belong in the wild
2: and taking care of
0: them. Something about aquatic animals particularly, because the idea that the ocean is such an infinite expanse of space, yeah. something about taking an oceanic animal and putting it in a tank is very unsettling to I me, mean, more than... Like, if you put a gorilla in a gorilla habitat or an elephant in an elephant enclosure with other elephants, something about putting a killer whale in a tank is very unsettling no
1: to me. i think I think what it comes around to is um, if you were to look at that a little bit deeper and it was funny you named the other two mammals that you named um yeah I mean even though you know whales are mammals and all that stuff right. the two land mammals that you named is I think um animals of a certain level of intelligence, specifically emotional and social intelligence sure. I have a tough time with locking them up. And it's one thing if you put a gorilla in a five-acre enclosure, like whales are huge and they need a right. lot of space to proliferate, but I think there's a tough time to put anything like orcas, yeah. dolphins, elephants, gorillas, whites, yeah. Yeah. not not even great whites. Yeah. If you could find, I mean, great whites would die great, because yeah, they don't, you, li- you literally yeah. can't, but yeah. like with those animals that are smarter and so much more social, I think that's where you start to bring in a lot more ethical questions than just hmm. if like, you've got a big tank full. The dolphin's like, a big one. Tropical fish. Yeah. Orca even more so, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? And all of them, like these animals yeah. that are so smart and need yeah. that stuff, that is really where you start to run into questions. We'll even have like emotional sophistication. So you're starting yeah. to
2: talk about animals who have emotions and emo- mm-hmm. like emotional states and having to care for them and just not being able to do that in an enclosed area.
1: Did you guys see it they took pandas off the uh, endangered species list? No. They're really? They're off. They're back. Yeah. Pandas oh. are back. Hey, no.
2: pandas are back. They're on the list of threatened. I can't wait to get mine. They're like a step up to threatened from oh. endangered. Never I guess
1: they've been booming and not uh, in china and so <laughs> pandas are off which is great news that is good news yeah, ah, yeah. shout out to the pandas yeah love that enjoy logo have um, you guys
2: sorry have you guys seen the uh, the the vice thing on wild cats no no there's a really great Each one of the, this shall be shot uh one of the one of the really great uh early vice videos uh if you go to watch vice is on um
0: owning wild cats as pets and it's fantastic everybody should take a look yeah yeah Yep, I see. Well, is that different than like a feral cat? I've seen girls who have like feral cats that are like half wild cats. I'm talking about. That's that's not what feral is. Well, like the ocelots, right? Like if you yeah, don't, yeah. what's that? that? yeah, those are those are just like big hybrid cats. Like those are. You get <laughs> yeah, a hybrid. Yeah,
2: yeah, we're talking about lions. Like there are people out there that own lions and tigers and just
0: keep them as pets. well. Like Russian oligarchs and just yes, keep them in exactly. their houses. Yeah. yeah. yeah all right, yeah, that's yeah. fair. That's what the that's what the okay. whole video is about. It's fantastic. So take a look at it. Mm. Uh, all right. Well, I had, nah, that's all right, we can move on to today's interview. Good talk. Zoos, animal rights, a lot of ground there. Yeah, we covered it up. uh Let's get into this week's interview, which was, uh, honestly, uh, I, ha- I didn't know what to expect when I brought Mara Avery Drayton in, had not really met her before uh, the downtown get down, and even then, only met her somewhat casually. Um, however, it wasn't until she came on in front of the microphones that she, uh, she really, she really, Kevin's enjoying my intro here. Now, when she sometimes people sit in front of the microphones, and they have a natural charisma to them, and, uh, and Mara did. So let's go ahead and check out our interview with uh, Mara Avery Drayton of Avery Drayton Photography, and we'll be back in just a moment. Not always. A lot of times, even people who come to do the podcast are sometimes thrown off What's by the
3: podcast again. And why am I on it?
0: Yeah, <laughs> my mom was it. like that. She yeah. she does not understand the concept of how to listen to the show. She doesn't have like a she. I have to pretty much do it on her phone for. Her. I'm like, I'm yeah. just gonna pull it up for you.
3: No, I totally get it. I totally get it. No, I love podcasts. I'm stoked. I'm on one. I hope I have enough to talk
0: about. Well, no, you definitely do. And uh, we're happy to have you on. Uh, and of course, for our listeners, we are talking to uh, Mara avery Drayton. I hope I said that. Is that correct? Yes, right, perfect. Uh, and okay. I actually, uh, I'll start here. I did a little bit of research because, as I've mentioned many times on this show, yeah. I am a capital P, uh, lowercase j, professional journalist. Oh, so good. I do my I do my research. Okay. Uh, a couple things. Uh, one. You're a Capricorn as well as me. You're three, yeah. days, you're three days away from me. I'm January yeah. 10th. so Wow, yeah. that's
3: exciting. I don't know too many Capricorns, so this is special. We're a rare
0: breed. <laughs> We're a very rare breed. <laughs> we are. Um, this is awesome. Uh, but the first time I was ever presented with you or your work uh, mm. was actually at our maiden Utica downtown Get Down Festival.
3: It was uh, great.
0: You seem to at least know casually our good friend of Made in Utica, uh, Dirty jurors Mark Simon.
3: Yes. And yeah. And yep. I started getting into photography a little bit after he did mm. and i was really young so i started seeing him do really great things so whenever i quite whenever i had questions he'd always bounce them back to me and we'd work back and forth he's he's very smart
0: well he puts you over pretty well he said he told me that you were very good oh fantastic so. and and by the way you're still young i gotta, you gotta <laughs> i'm a 30 year old man so anyone under the age of 30 is basically a child to i, know. I you to know that.
3: i know but my parents are old so i gotta
0: I'll give you credit, though. You're rocking some very... my era of fashion with the flannel and the Fila sport hat, oh, which is you. very tight. I got to say, the Fila sports you. hat. I had to say something when you came in. Thank
3: you. I took a solid 30 seconds mm. to get ready, so I'm glad that, to notice. That's
0: fair. <laughs> thank that's you. Fair. Don't mind. I actually came right from school. I wouldn't normally be this fancy. <laughs> I. I yeah, so.
3: It's okay. We're um, all trying.
0: So, uh, Mara, uh, I always ask people this question. It's usually tough. What would you say your byline is? Just the owner of Avery yes, Drayton? Yes,
3: I would say the owner, creator. Hmm all-doer <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh we're gonna get into that in just a little bit um this was 2015 you started the company
3: oh uh, yeah I mean technically yeah I would say I started the company uh, about 2015 mm-hmm. um but I have been shooting ever since I was in high school sure okay, but okay. it's it started mm-hmm. small back then but uh when I started really marketing myself and trying to book shoots and mm. Um, really put myself out there. I would say, yeah, it was at the end of 2014, beginning of 2015, was when I really started to get my name cool. out
0: there. Cool. All right, well, let's uh, let's let's flash back for just a moment. Okay. Um, I did a little bit of we did a little pre discussion before this, so I know you were born here in Utica, yes.
3: Yes, I believe at Saint Elizabeth's. Saint Elizabeth's.
0: Yes. Uh, did you grow up East Side, West Side, South Side? Uh,
3: I grew up right off of the Parkway on Miller Street. Miller where Street. Okay. My dad is still located. Nice. Right where I was born. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, And your parents still live in...
3: My mother lives off right behind Genesee here, and then my dad lives off in Miller in a duplex. Mm. And it's nice, and it's quiet, and I like it.
0: We don't have to talk much about it. Are your parents divorced?
3: Uh, they were never married. Ah, That's why my name is hyphenated. Huh. Okay.
0: I uh, see that makes which sense. Which is now. good.
3: I'm I'm glad you asked that because a lot of people ask me that question. And yes, it's because they haven't been married. My mom is Avery and my dad is Draeney.
0: Interesting. Yes. I was going to ask you about that actually, about mm-hmm. whether that was uh, like a decision as a couple or... A
3: no, I would rather have one, but I realize having two last names switches up a little bit, makes a difference. So mm. I like it. Very
0: nice. Mm-hmm. Are you still, are you obviously close with your family still? Uh,
3: yeah, we're pretty close. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I would say we're close. We're not the most normal, traditional family, but for as normal as we are, uh, we're pretty close, yeah. Well, why do you
0: say that? What makes you guys so...
3: Uh, you know, I didn't really have a traditional upbringing. Like sure. I said, my parents weren't married. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a half-brother who lives in Florida who I am very close with, but for the majority of my life, we didn't really see sure. each other. Not for any personal mm-hmm. reasons, but because brothers will be brothers and go off and make their own mistakes and come back, but no, we're all really close, but in a really dysfunctional, unique, weird way. (laughs)
0: Well, you say that at this age, but I'm curious, as you were growing up, did it seem that way or did you just didn't know any better until... No,
3: I didn't really know anything about my parents' relationship until, honestly, probably I was about 15, 16 years old, and then I was like, something seems weird, and... Uh, so I just started asking a bunch of questions. I got a lot of answers. Um, which probably made me a lot more mature at a younger age than most people because I had a lot to take in. But, Mm -hmm. um, if anything, I'm happy it turned out that way.
0: So, uh, so for my end, my parents were divorced when I was eight. Okay.
3: Um, so
0: again, I think when you are in strange or non-traditional family situations, And it does sort of force you at an earlier age to come to terms, and I, I talk about this all the time on the podcast. Mm-hmm. You come to terms with the fact that your parents are not just your parents. Your parents are people who just happen to be your parents. They have their own. <laughs> you know what I mean, like, like just the, yeah. the, the fact that they weren't your—they weren't born to be your parents. Like, they were their own people until yeah. yeah. And that was a big one for me. And I think yeah. as you learn that at a younger age, it helps you to have a more. Mature concept about life and relationships.
3: Yeah, you kind of have to have a really uh, good sense of humor. Like yes. my dad always said, they mm. don't write a book telling you how to be a dad. And the same sure. thing for being a mom. And uh, I always said, people are always like, oh, what, what's it like at home? Like your parents aren't together. And I was like, it's pretty much just like living with two roommates who just really hope that you do as good as you can. And kind of keep their fingers crossed. But, you know, I think... For the situation that it was, they did as best as they could.
0: From my opinion, you're certainly too young to be thinking about it, but I'm curious <laughs> if it has affected your thoughts about how you would like to raise a family going forward.
3: Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, Yeah, I would, part of me would, would hope that it would be a little more traditional, sure. but at the same time, I almost don't want it to be. I don't really ever, um, agree with a lot of the things that people would see as being traditional. I am really, really for adoption. I, I'm not like really like, Oh, I have to have my own kids. They have to be my kids. I have to be married before I have kids. I don't feel Mm. that way at all. I really kind of just say is this the best thing for me right now? I'm going to do it. But I, I definitely don't have a set plan.
0: That's a generational thing, I think, too. Because even even me, I'm, I'm 30. And mm-hmm. when I was living in New York... Uh, take a shot, listeners. Uh, every time, I have to talk about it every time I'm in New York. When I was living in New York, I uh, was seeing a girl who was a little bit older than me at the time. Mm-hmm. And we had sort of come to the idea that if we got married, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have kids. We would just be married, yeah. and that would be it. And yeah. if we had kids, we would do it whenever, yeah. uh, which as a concept was very strange to my parents. Uh, that yeah. didn't happen, mind you. I'm not married. <laughs> but um, yeah. but I think th- as, you know, we're also a generation that gets married later. Yeah. Uh, our parents' generation, at least my parents' generation, my parents are in their 60s. You know, they were married at 18, uh, yeah. which I don't know about what you were like at 18. When I was at 18, I... Could not stupid. possibly have been. It's <laughs> really
3: stupid, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: so at 18, though, you were probably in high school and yeah. you, went to, you went to high school in Holland Patton, not Utica.
3: Yes, when I was 18, I graduated from Holland Patton. And um, yeah, when I was seven, I left Jones, Jones in Utica. Yep. Yep. And uh, I came here in February on Valentine's Day. Hmm. Well, came to Holland Patton. And, yeah, it was uh, totally different.
0: <laughs> Seven's a rough age to change, to make that transition.
3: Yeah, you know, I had a lot of really good friends, and uh, I, I made a, f- a few more when I went to Holland sure. Patton, but, you know, part of me kind of wishes I stayed here, but, you know, um, it's different.
0: <laughs> Do you still have friends in Holland Patton anymore, or is it?
3: Yeah, I, 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 I have, like, a few, a couple, mm. I would say, are actually my friends. A lot of people I've kept in contact here and there but they're not people i really keep in touch with a lot um but yeah my best friend andy davis, <laughs>
0: shout, out <to> andy davis.
3: <laughs> shout out to andy davis um she's <laughs> my best friend but a lot of my friends come from remsen so sure because sure. remsen and hollipan kind yeah, right, of mesh together but yeah that's about it but i've i've seen a few people that i actually went to jones with and stuff mm-hmm. in the past and they kind of turned out just like i did so
0: them. you were into photography in high school as well
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the first, one of the first shoots I ever had was I, there was a lot of kids that I found out couldn't really afford to have senior pictures done when they were in high school. Yeah. So that was kind of like my first project was taking senior pictures for kids when I was in high school. I actually took my best friend Andy's when I was in high school and she still talks about it to this day. And, Actually, a lot of them. I was pretty surprised by what I was pulling back then for for senior portraits. But that's when I kind of figured out. I was like, Oh yeah, no, this is this is gonna be good.
0: If you had to categorize yourself. As a, as a high schooler, were you like a, were you a cool kid? Were you a nerd? Were you a punk rocker? Were you a oh, grunge kid?
3: I was someone in high school, and I was someone when I walked out of high school, and they were completely mm. different people. When I was outside of high school, I was definitely more of a punk rocker, for sure. Mm. I was going to shows all the time, making a lot of friends there. But when I was in school, I kind of had to blend in. Sure. Um, Makes I, sense. Already kind of stuck out to begin with when I went there. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know how to say it. There's not a lot of black people in Holland, so no, not. it was um, very different for me there. Probably for most people that were there. So I kind of most of the time tried to blend in. Sure. I guess if you asked other people when I was there, maybe they would have said I was mm. popular, but I don't know. I I would like to think that I got along with everybody. Sure. So I was mainly into sports. So.
0: Uh, we're gonna get into that in just a minute. Too. I have some hot takes about that. Um, so uh, I was a MVCC grad uh, earlier. I went to Proctor, and then uh, in 2004 through six, I was at MV and I got my liberal arts degree. Okay. I did have a lot of friends at MVCC who were involved with the photo program there. Now you yeah. went to MVCC. You went yes. with the photo program as well there.
3: Yes, I got mm. my degree in photography, technically fine arts, mm. but yeah.
0: Can you speak a little bit to your time there? What you learned?
3: Yeah, it was um, it was it was really great. Uh, the the teachers are really cool. They've been there for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, the studio is really great. Honestly, probably the best thing about the photo department there were the TAs. To be mm-hmm. honest with sure. you, they were super passionate. Um, they just, they I feel like I feel like they cared almost more than some of the sure. teachers did because they were just there and they were super helpful and they even kept in touch after I graduated. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that was probably the best thing about going to MV and it was right down the street from my house. So it was convenient. But when did you graduate? Oh uh, well? I graduated last year. Oh wow. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, it was um it was it was fun. It was fun. The first time I went to MV, I didn't go oh, the first time I went to MV, I went for my photography degree. Mm-hmm. And then I left. Yeah. And I went to OCC for oh, yeah. a year, yep. and I was going for communications, and I was like, something's not right, it's not fitting right, this area doesn't fit well with me, this degree doesn't fit well with me. So I came back home, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, I'm just going to work. I worked at the Sears Portrait Studio for like yeah, years. Sears portrait. <laughs> I worked there for years. Um, you probably
0: dealt with my poorly behaved nephews and nieces oh, somewhere probably. along Oh, probably. I think
3: I dealt with everyone's poorly behaved nieces <laughs> and nephews. But it was fun and it was rewarding. Um, but yeah, and then after that, I kind of was like, I need to get my degree and I need to just like, do it and just go with it. And I did. And I'm really happy that I did. I think mm-hmm. I waited too long to do it. Yeah, but yeah. like you said, I'm still young, so I think I'm fine. You didn't
0: wait too long. <laughs> believe me I I think about it sometimes I'm back in grad school uh, now for the first time I was in college in New York City I was in college here when I left college in New York City I was like "Ah, no more college I'm I'm, I'm burned out and now I'm back in school because I can't stay away I don't know what it is I just like to be in school I love school I know I feel like that that first Kanye album had the skit where he was talking about (laughs) collecting degrees and like there's all these pieces of paper that's all I think about all the time I know
3: I know I feel the same way (laughs) I completely agree Uh,
0: so let's get into uh, a little bit of the photography portion here. Um, I don't mean this in a negative way. There are lots of photography companies around here. There's I've so many. So many talented. photographers. Yeah. And and so many of them are talented. It's not a, I'm not. I'm not singling out anybody here and there. But certainly as as someone who knows this, mm-hmm. you're obviously trying to find a way to separate your photography from other people's. what would you say in your opinion separates your work or what you try to do to separate your work from other photographers
3: well honestly that's probably that's that's it's hard because you know there's some amazing wedding photographers around here there are some amazing uh photographers for advertising there's amazing videographers there's so many talented artists around here Hmm. but I think the only thing that really makes me super different is the fact that there's not one thing that I do. Mm-hmm. I don't really specialize in anything, and that may be my downfall. Sure. But right now, I really look at it as an advantage because there's so many opportunities, mm-hmm. and I feel like every time I try something new with my photography, I grow as a sure. photographer, and I learn something about myself. And I think what makes me different is that I can be really versatile, mm-hmm. and regardless of I'm shooting something for advertising, or portraiture, or weddings, or events. Mm. I kind of bring the same thing to every um, every project that I have, um, mm. but I never really know the end result. I, I feel like as a I feel like as an artist, um, I, I put a lot of effort into everything that I do, even if I don't know mm. where I'm going with it.
0: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad you refer to it as an artist because I think sometimes when people think of photographers, they think of it as like a job and not. Mm. Art, no, right? it's art. <laughs> uh, but there's a certain amount of you have to be creative on the fly. you yeah. have to be. Uh, you have to be aware of your environment and the yeah. opportunities presented to you. And there is artistic uh, qualities to that. Yeah, and I think when people hire a photographer, sometimes they're like, "I just want this. Do this for me, and that's it." you know yeah. what I mean. And I, don't I think try people... to steer
3: away yeah. from that. Yeah.
0: I do. Um, so I always talk about it on the show. Uh, there would not be a Udicast if it weren't for my love of Mark Maron and Bill Simmons and all the podcasts <laughs> I listen to. Yeah. For you, photography, who were your early inspirations? Like, What drew you into photography early on?
3: Um, Actually, I was kind of born into it. Mm-hmm. My sure. mother is an artist. Um, she does abstract painting, pottery, Uh, But she first started doing photography. So at a very young age, I had a camera in my hand or in my face at all times. Um, When it came to photography, she wasn't so much creative uh, in the sense that she was just kind of technical. Her creative aspects kind of flew into other forms of art, other mediums of art. But, um, yeah, I mean... I think my inspirations for photography kind of came as I grew older. Mm -hmm. My love for it came when I was really young, but the older I've gotten, um, the more I'm inspired by other people. Like uh, Annie Leibovitz is really big to me. Richard Avedon is really big to me when it comes to portraiture. But I don't really like to um, focus too much on inspirations because... I feel like I kind of lose myself a little bit in it. It's It's good to build off of other things that I've seen. um, But I kind of like to just block everything out Mm. and just kind of build Mm. from the bottom, which is probably my downfall because it's really hard (laughs) to just, you know?
0: It's certainly hard. Yeah. But you can feel more confident about yeah. what you've built because exactly. you feel like you've created that foundation and built on top of it. Exactly.
3: Right? That's why it's, it's it's almost harder for me to come out with mm. work really, really, really consistently all the time. Like some people come out with new work every single day. <laughs> and sometimes that's really hard for me because I don't want to put out anything until I have mm. looked it over, up and down, forwards and backwards, and it says everything about myself and not anyone else unless, mm. it you know, obviously my art involves someone else. But yeah, that's... Um, I've, I've always thought about that. People always ask me what my inspiration is for photography and stuff like that. And I'm kind of just like, I don't know, everything, I guess? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. There's nothing wrong with having a wide range of inspirations. Yeah. Um,
3: yep.
2: Now,
0: this is a common question. I talk with photographers all the time about this. Um, in today's digital world, mm-hmm. you see a lot more people utilizing digital cameras because mm-hmm. of the ease of use and yeah. certainly the cost of buying film. Right. Uh, how do you feel about this side? Do you enjoy working digital cameras? Would you prefer to work with film if you could? Is there a difference? Do you notice it?
3: Oh, there's definitely a difference. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> there's a huge difference to me. Um, when it comes to film, I'm all about black and white film. Black and white. Um, I did film all throughout college. Um, I've noticed a lot of people think that people don't really use film anymore. Um, but I think if you're... There's a really specific message that I think you're sending when you use film Mm -hmm. that in no way can you replicate with digital, but digital is so much more convenient and it gives you so many ways that it's like, okay, the only time that you can really use your creativity when you're shooting film is right when you're shooting. The nice thing about digital is... The post-production part afterwards where it's like okay well i i shot this and i thought about it and i have all these feelings Mm -hmm. about it and i'm looking at it and the longer i look at it the more different I feel about it. So I'm going to tweak it here and I'm going to tweak it there. But in a sense, that's kind of worse because maybe you just want your picture to come out the way that you felt it should be at that time. Maybe not two hours down the road when you've looked at it so long that you almost hate it and you're just like, I just want to change everything about it.
0: <laughs> I don't know if this translates across platforms. I was a musician growing up and that was always, the always the argument for guitar players was a tube amplifier or a solid state amplifier. Okay. Solid state being a digital amplifier. The difference you got with a tube, which is an actual glass tube with a fuse in it that heats right. up, is it has that real warmth to it right. that you cannot replicate with that cold digital sound. Yes. I don't know if... I'm sure warmth translates to film in a certain way, but I don't know if it's no, along the same lines.
3: It does. It's definitely... There's like this really like raw, real-time feeling that you get when you look at film. And that's why, you know, I feel like if... I feel like when you look back on your computer and Facebook's like, oh, look at this memory that you had five years ago and you're looking at this digital picture on your screen and you're like, oh, yeah, okay, I know, that happened. Five years ago, like, I remember, it's on my Facebook, I see it all the time, if I want to just look at it, it's right there, but then there's something really different when you're cleaning your house and you find this print Mm. from a long time ago that, you know, from film, and you're looking at it and you're just like, whoa, it kind of just kind of like, it makes you feel something different and maybe it's really hard to explain, but it's not the same, and if it's kind of sad because at, at times I'm always like, I kind of you know, digital really sometimes takes away mm. from everything, but you can still do it. That's the cool thing about it; you can still do it. We just sometimes choose not to. <laughs> if
0: you appreciate the the film thing, I don't know. This is this is before my time, so mm. it's, I'm almost 100 percent sure it's before your time. But I'm a big Twilight Zone fan. Okay,
2: yeah. Uh, if you
0: watch the Twilight Zone, a lot of those old episodes from the 60s are yeah. shot on film. Yeah. And when you watch them today, they yeah. still have this very, very beautiful... Uh, mm-hmm. You could almost put it on a movie screen because it's still that clear and that yeah. wonderful uh, effect that film gives. Yeah. Uh, similarly, this is a question that I have for you just because I'm sort of curious. Do you feel like the fact that most people have access to a high-quality camera in their cell phones now has changed the way photography has been laid out?
3: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a bummer, too. I mean, it's really cool that everyone has something like that on their phone that they could bring around with them all the time. And they can be artistic, or they can share memories, or they can capture memories. And that's awesome. But then people look at it and look at photographers as, well, that's all you have to do, right? Is take your phone out or take your camera out and press the button. And it's like, you know, before then, maybe a lot of people didn't know about the whole process of photography, especially when it started going over to digital because there's so many questions but now it's like, no, I know it's that easy. I just take my phone out and take the picture. And then, you know, you hand someone a camera and then you put it on manual yeah. and they're like, no, <laughs> I don't know.
0: As a capital P professional photographer, <laughs> how on point is your selfie game? Is your selfie game just like on the Horrible. next level? Horrible. Horrible. <laughs>
3: I hate taking selfies I hate selfies taken of myself I don't like anything about selfies the only time I want to take a selfie is if someone is with me in it and even then I don't want to be the one taking mm. it I the, I told I told my mom, the main one of the mm. big reasons I became a photographer was so that I could be behind the camera and not in front, not in front of it, <laughs> but now we have and selfies, and I can't get away from it.
0: My Instagram game has taken a huge hit once I banned myself from landscape shots, food <laughs> porn, and selfies. Those three really ruined the, there's no point to Instagram anymore. No,
3: there's not, um, there's not.
0: So, um, before we get into the lightning round, I have a couple quick things I noticed while I was doing my research that I want to bring up to you. Oh One, you seem to have some Neil deGrasse Tyson love in your heart. I saw you posting some memes yes. of him on the internet.
3: Yes, I do. I love all things science. Wonderful. It was, oh, man, I really wasn't good at a lot of things in high school, but chemistry, <laughs> I don't know how I did it, but I pulled out with an A and it was awesome. <laughs> I love science and I love Neil deGrasse Tyson.
0: He's, uh, he's a very special He's personal. a wise, wise I, I, man. His podcast is really good if you've ever enjoyed his Star Absolutely. Story, yeah, it's very and good. Cosmos. Uh, well, Psh, Cosmos was. A I, I, I binge. Cos- <laughs> you, you know, Cosmos, it's crazy. I loved Cosmos. Mm-hmm. And I said it to my buddy a couple weeks ago. I said, it was the best show I've ever had to fall asleep to. And he's like, oh? did you not like it? And I was like, no, it's just that it's so soothing. <laughs> it puts <laughs> that's me what out. I, do.
3: I watch it before I go
0: to bed. Oh, all my God. The time. It puts me right out. Oh, that's um,
3: great.
0: Uh, and also, I need to discuss that you. Are born in Utica. You're a New Yorker, and yet somehow it, your Facebook leads me to believe that you're a Chicago Bulls and New Orleans Saints fan. Is this true, or am I? <laughs> no, mis- that's totally
3: true.
0: <laughs> why, why are you a Bulls fan? You're too young for even the Jordan era. Oh the, the, no,
3: I don't know. It's I don't know. He's a big
0: Derrick Rose fan.
3: <laughs> I'm really not. Um, I really like hacking Noah.
0: He also plays for the Knicks now. Both these guys I know, for I know,
3: but, but before, he played for the Bulls. I personally, I personally, yeah, I, I personally have not watched basketball in probably about a year. Yeah. But... I do love the Saints. Saints, yep. Diehard Saints fan. Got a Breeze jersey. I Andrew love him. Andrew Breeze. God. Big fan. He knows what he is doing. He's a good football player, and he's a good family man, and he's just a good person overall. You can't complain about him, and he knows what he's doing. Saints aren't doing amazing so far this year, but that's fine. <laughs> They may I, pick it back up. They usually don't, but I'm still going to be proud.
0: As a kid, I liked the Saints because I liked their gold helmets. I thought yes. that was a, I thought that was a tight look. They're the best colors.
3: Look. They are the sharpest dress for sure.
0: All right. So uh, before we go into this lightning round, uh, why don't you just inform our listeners one more time where they can get a hold of you or where they can reach you for your photography. Uh, I have your card right here. Uh, you are at com. Yes. V I R B.
3: Yes, Mm. sorry it is so long. I will work on that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you are on Facebook as well Facebook.com.
3: Facebook.com, Avery Drayton Photography. um, And Instagram, which is my favorite form of social media um, ADP Gallery, Avery Drayton Photography. Wonderful. I'll
0: have to give you the follow on that. All right. Please do. Boom. Let's get into the lightning round. These are the same five questions (sighs) that we have asked the last 20 or so guests on the show. I'm excited. very straightforward. Let's start off with the first one, uh, Mara Avery Drayton. Mm-hmm. When you wake up in the morning, how do you take your coffee?
3: Oh, I don't usually drink coffee. In no the coffee. Morning. Yeah. Um. If I if I'm gonna drink it, um, more cream than coffee.
0: Smart. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: I like my uh, I like my flavored creamers. <laughs> <Yes>. Um, <laughs> I do like pumpkin spice creamer. I like French vanilla. Oh yeah. I like a lot of things, but honestly, I try and stay away from coffee.
0: You're deeper, have no it. caffeine, no.
3: No, I don't need it. I really don't. All <laughs> I need is like some water with lemon and I'm good to go. I have too uh, much energy.
0: I'll tell you a quick side note. When I was a little kid, my family's big coffee drinkers. Mm-hmm. But as a little kid, my family wouldn't let me drink coffee when they would have dessert after things. So my <laughs> grandmother would make me something, my Syrian grandmother would make me something she called white coffee, which was just Milk and sugar <laughs> with like a tiny little drop of coffee in it. And I thought I was the coolest guy. <laughs> yeah, I got my coffee. I'm like a little idiot running That's around. That's how now.
3: I make my coffee.
0: <laughs> All right. So uh, as a 23-year-old, you may still be riding it. But what was your first automobile?
3: <laughs> um, my first automobile was a 1993 Honda Civic hatchback.
0: Yes. Uh,
3: bright red. Uh, it was the clown <laughs> car of Pen. Um, I bought it for $500 it had um stickers plastered all yes. about uh equality well, gender equality excellent and um pretty much everyone that saw me driving that car thought i was a lesbian because i see everywhere on the back yeah. of the car it said i was a lesbian yep. i tried to i tried to pull it off but then you know i just said i'm gonna rock it and then yeah, i well. and then i crashed it
0: oh yep nice. i
3: totaled it and then i broke my ankle mm. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Uh, you hit me in a lot of I've been in like a couple major car accidents. Oh, yeah.
3: It's, it's great. But yeah, that was uh, my first car.
0: Take this one to heart, though. Uh, it, I don't know if your car had this one. I had a Honda. It was an 87 Honda growing up that I got oh. for like 400 bucks. Ooh. You got to remember, I'm, I'm like seven years older than you. So. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, and it had the headlights that flipped up. That was a tough look. Lucky. I know. No. you I think that. You say that until it's... Freezing cold out, and your car's covered in snow, and then your lights won't come up, and you have to jam them open with your uh, windshield wiper. Yeah, yes. I've done that many have times. Have you
3: seen the eyelashes on car Is lights? thing? it's a real now. thing. <laughs> oh, a real thing. They have enormous eyelashes on cars. You should get those. Guys. I
0: have seen the the trucks with the the genitalia that hang. Oh, like you know what I'm talking about. Like they, yeah. yeah, those are gross. Those are, Don't ever buy those, folks.
3: I love guys that drive trucks. Like do them. you? Yeah, Is that's that how I know. <laughs> that's the one. I should go talk to guys.
0: Him. Now you know. If you want to impress Mara, <laughs> just get a car with genitalia on the back. <laughs> that's what um, I like. So, in that first car, or if not in that first car, where did you attend your first concert?
3: Oh my gosh, no. My first concert was when I was seven years old. Okay. Went and saw Britney Spears. Yes! Because I have really good taste in music. That was popular, though. And I had a pink zebra skirt oh, okay. with black mesh on it, because apparently it was okay that I dressed like a prostitute at uh, seven years
0: old. <laughs> I'll tell you the truth. Even today, everyone dresses like prostitutes. I know, everyone, yeah.
3: I know but I was really rocking at seven <laughs> years old. I started really young. So... Yeah, uh, that was my first concert. I did not meet her. I was very upset, and my mm. mom got kicked out because she oh, yeah. was trying to take pictures, and they broke her camera. And she really? had three more with her.
1: Strange. <laughs> I know. Strange.
3: Yeah, that was my first concert, one of my last ones. I don't. Do, I don't do concerts. I don't also. do as many
0: as I used to. Yeah. I did Bonnaroo a couple years back, and that was. I was like, I might be done with concerts forever. I'm
3: claustrophobic. You yeah. Know? It's too much. Last time I went to a concert, someone fell on me, and I was like, I can listen to a CD. That's fine.
0: It's fair. Alright, speaking of which, give me one book, album, or movie you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. Uh, Some people throw TV shows in here as well. It seems to be more popular than movies the last few weeks.
3: Oh, man. Um, you know what? I really don't know. Um, well, I listen to Incubus, like, all day. Wow. Every day. I know. That's how everyone reacts (laughs) to this. Incubus. It's my favorite band, and that's all I listen to, honestly. That's yeah that's honestly the only thing I listen to most of the time is Incubus it's my favorite band I just got done reading The Girl on the Train which I'm sure every girl in their 20s and 30s and 40s has read right now and they're coming out with a movie for it which I'm kind of stoked about
0: Maiden Utica's Kate Riley read that for a book club and told me uh, two thumbs up so it was very good (sighs)
3: so good so good
0: Uh, and uh Mara, before we let you go, final question. Give us one thing besides photography, Incubus, Britney Spears, uh, and 93 uh, Honda Civics that you are passionate about.
3: Well, now that you, like, name all those things, I sound really lame. No! (laughs) I really do. Okay, well, I've had an idea that Mm -hmm. I've been throwing around my head for, like, a year now, but I'm too chicken to start it. But I'm going to do it. Do it. And pretty much I've realized that there are... No places for women in Utica to go mm. and ask questions that we have every day. Just kind of everyday questions, relax, uh, relationship questions, sex questions about your career. Um, pretty much anything you would want advice about, about or if you just want to, you know, chat. Um, I really think it would be great to have a little bit of a talk show where women mm. can call and Wonderful. ask for advice. Uh, there's so many talented Um, women around here who are therapists who are business owners who have so much knowledge and I'm sure there's so many women in this area Mm. who have businesses that they want to start up or they have really good relationship questions and they don't know who to go to Mm. there are things like the YWCA that are amazing Mm. for women but I would like to have something that's a little more fun a little more laid back and there's nothing more fun Than sitting with some girls having some mimosas and maybe eating some I don't know desserts from by bakery yes or you know some dishes from oyster blue (laughs) or like anything like that ocean blue and I think it'd be really great to just do something once a week where you could have some Hmm. really cool laid-back women from the area sit down and have conversations with I don't know maybe me (laughs) we'll see and maybe some other women from the area, and it'd be a really good way for women to just sit around and talk about important issues.
0: Uh, I think that's a great idea. We've been very lucky over mm-hmm. the last sixty-seven episodes to really meet some fascinating and mm-hmm. uh, and positive uh positive women in the community who not only do things for the community but do things to help empower the other women in the community uh specifically off top of my head i always think of uh my good friend heather was who runs the topping tree she has been such an inspiration for a lot of people starting that business and really having it succeed absolutely uh shout out again to our former co-host Aaron higgins we miss you every week i think about (laughs) you all the time um Mara, I want to thank you very much for being here. This was a real pleasure. Thank you. Uh, you're pushing the time. We usually don't get up to 31 minutes. This is a long one.
3: <laughs> I'm a, a chatty Cathy. Uh,
0: no, it's good, though. We don't <laughs> always get people who are as willing to talk, and it's nice to have you here on the show. Um, we have your information. Hopefully, we'll hear from you a little sooner than that, later. Okay? And again, check her out. Instagram, ADP Gallery. Uh, go to Facebook. Go to uh, Avery averydratenphotography.berg.com. We'll be back to the show in just a minute. You were a real pleasure. Thank, thank
3: you, so you so much. much. You're very welcome.
0: Any sort of research about this potential WikiLeaks uh, thing that could, quote-unquote, what was it you said? Ruin the election? Change the election? Shake up. Shake, Shake up. up the That's election? per them. Yeah, I didn't make that up. That's per, the, per them. Mm. So we won't be covering that in the show this week, obviously, because it's not released yet. But Next, next week we'll, we'll be well shook. Cliff yeah. believes that by tomorrow morning you'll all be very shook. Very shook. Uh, I'm very shook, guys. I finished the uh, first season of Narcos. How was it? It was very good. I'm addicted yeah. to it now. I'm ready to start season two. I'm very excited. I don't know. Just wanted to point that out there
1: for you folks watching Narcos. Why? Is that Clips wearing his Narcos hat? It is hey. kind of a Narcos hat. Uh.
0: Guys, you ready for this week's history lesson? What did we decide last week we are going to call it? like yes- Last week's history. Yesterday's history today. today. Yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> history. Yeah, yesterday's history <laughs> I'm today. I'm today. So what's the date on this history lesson? <laughs> so this date is Monday, October 3rd, <laughs> 1990. Just 1990. All right. 1990. October 3rd, 1990. 1990. What do you got for us? You guys want to take a guess? I'll give you the date first. You guys want to guess what it was? October 3rd, 1990. What happened? Uh, no. (laughs) I have no idea. Uh, Less than one year after the destruction of the Berlin Wall, East and West Germany came together on what is known as Unity Day. Since 1945, when Soviet forces occupied Eastern Germany and the United States and other Allied forces occupied the western half of the nation at the close of World War II. Uh, divided Germany had come to serve as one of the most enduring symbols of the Cold War. With the gradual waning of Soviet power in the late 1980s, the Communist Party in East uh, East Germany began to lose its grip on power. Anyhow, East and West Germany reunited after 45 years on this day, yesterday,
1: in 1990. I don't, I don't mean to set off anybody's trigger warnings out there. But, trigger warning. Um. Doesn't it seem crazy that in today's day and age, and I'll include 1990 in that, but like in modern times, doesn't it seem crazy to think that just building a wall is going to get anything done for anybody? Seems weird. Like, we're going to keep these people apart. How? We're going to build a wall. Mm. Ladders cost like $35. Like I mean, it's weird. Like, we're just going to build a wall. Like, that's such a, like ancient greece solution to your problem of keeping people separated remember how long that wall was up for though yeah yeah the whole thing but like it's just it's crazy for a
2: long time
0: (laughs) of course but they were burning their money for heat at that point right right (laughs) uh well i would say that in 2061 when we tear down the u.s mexico wall and we laugh about this we can say that we were here talking about it in 2016 i be president You'll be president at yeah. that time. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. So I'll be in Canada is what you're in. Aye, come on. Oh. You'll be in the cabinet. Yeah, that's very nice, buddy. The Utica cabinet. Hey. Hey-o. Uh, all right, so let's, uh, let's move on. I want to talk about something, uh, and I think I might be the only person who has any real uh, personal uh, link to this, uh, but this is a story uh, for all you local theater buffs out there that's kind of sad. Uh, earlier this week, it was announced that after 35 years, the players of Utica will stop doing their yearly uh, performance of Scrooge the Musical. Uh. Yeah, uh, I know that's maybe not be a big deal for everybody, and a lot of people probably didn't know this even existed. Uh, this is very sad to me. This is something I think a lot about as a defining thing for me growing up. As a kid who grew up in a house with a sister who was in musical theater, I was surrounded by, like, music and performance. Uh, I used to look forward to this every year. Uh, I'm just gonna cut real quick to some of the, uh, this is from the article, uh, by Alexander Drew, my favorite OD writer, who's always got good stuff. Shout out to that guy. Um, because of rising production costs and declining profits, they will be ending after their final final deforma- uh, performance this December 10th. Uh, rising production costs and declining pro- uh, profits seem to be the reason a lot of things close. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. Um... This is purely economical, says Joanne uh, Marmon Mox, the uh, board VP of marketing and development. Uh, cost of royalties has gone up, as well as went, uh, rent and wages, and it is no longer profitable. Um, this used to be the primary funding source for Players Utica since like 1981. Uh, the only thing I'll share with you guys is uh, I was in the cast of this. As a small child, this is one of the first things in my life that I ever quit. You were a tiny twin, Tim? No, I, oh. I was not that good. Apparently, oh. I went up during the audition and it was just being a like a little tiny like eight-year-old ham. Oh, okay. Like just being me. And uh, they thought I was funny, so they gave me a, a role. And <laughs> I showed up at the rehearsal and I was so terrified that I didn't know what I was doing that I never showed up again. Aww. Just never, never showed back up for Scrooge. This is your last shot at redemption. Well, to be fair, so for years, when I would watch it, I would think to myself, one of these that days, could have been me. one of these days, I'm going to come back, and I'm going to come to the Players Utica, and I'm going to do the show, and I'm going to audition to be Scrooge, which isn't going to happen, because I think it was the same guy who played the Scrooge for like 35 years. But um, it's sad to me that I'll never get the opportunity now to play Scrooge or the Players Utica. You so would have been a fantastic Scrooge. Thank
2: you. I'm already a grump. Well, and let's figure out how I can get to see this because I've never been there. Really? You know, it being my, you know, first full year and all I'll, that. I'll so. be happy to go with you too. Yeah. You I would really, truly like to go. Scrooge the musical? No. In any performance? outside it's Not pretty, in any
1: performance. It's pretty good. I'll be Cap- more than happy to go. You don't remember this at all, Kev, growing up? I vaguely remember. But I feel like Scrooge is getting performed left and right all the time everywhere. <laughs> it's pretty fair. And maybe I'm just thinking about this performance every year, but I feel like Scrooge is <laughs> just always going on. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't know February, March all the Scrooge uh. it's crazy to me if they say that it's rising royalties the fact that you still have to pay royalties on Scrooge I like know. that's everybody's yeah. Yeah. Scrooge belongs we to everybody all we all Settled Scrooge on yeah. we know the story
0: it's a classic it's a classic story look and and I don't want to take this very lightly. Uh, I will like to, I will I will presumably go see this on the tenth because this show used to be important to me in a in a time when that was a big deal for me. I can guarantee it. Uh, You'll it, be there. It does inherently make me a little bit sad. Yeah. Um. It makes me sad too for all the people who are in musical theater in this region. There's not really a lot of musical theater available for people around here who find it fascinating.
1: Like you know. True, but I feel like the players of Utica are always cranking stuff out. People don't go. That's true. You know I, what I mean? Yeah. Like, People don't go. They're doing they built a beautiful theater there. It's a really nice place. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago we hosted a few shows there, a few like music shows there because they built, you know, a really nice theater. And they have really, really uncooperative neighbors in Tinies. Um the jerks over there won't let anybody park like in their parking lot or anywhere near their building, even uh, though yeah. not enough people are going there to use for them to need their parking lot, but they want people to do that. So, parking's kind of a nightmare. It's in a spot where, whether rightly or wrongly, is not seen as safe yeah, by a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people don't really know what it is or what they're doing down there, but they do some really good work. And it's a shame. And, you know, myself included, I don't go out. I'm not much. I don't have a problem with musical theater, but I'm not like, oh, I'm a musical theater guy. But, like, I don't really go. A lot of people don't go. People want it to exist, but who's going out there and doing anything to keep yeah. it existing? You know what I mean? It's a strange thing. Like, we we have the Stanley, we
0: have the Players Theater. And it's not like they don't put on good shows. They get Broadway Theater League shows to come in and go to these shows. I just wonder if like the audience for it around here just isn't. I just wonder if people around here aren't
1: into it. It could simply just be the I feel fact like the Stanley that Halls, though, when they do their Broadway Stanley Theater Halls, League, Stanley it. Halls on yeah. those, but that's like a handful of nights a yeah, year, right? Yeah. All right, so, um,
0: yeah, that makes me a bit sad. I'll never get to be Scrooge. We can put on our own Maiden Utica. You're
1: more of a Bob Cratchit guy anyway.
0: Bob Cratchit? Yeah, Yeah, I feel like you've got,
1: like, that working man's ethos, like that Bruce Springsteen (laughs) thing going on. But it's Christmas Day, Mr. Scrooge. That's pretty good, right? That wasn't so bad. Solid, no, I like it. Mr.
0: Scrooge, it's Christmas Day. Let's get to work. Tiny Tim, you know i are going to put the tick. you on a fire. You know what we I
2: can do? I mean, we just won't pay the royalties. Somewhere because everyone knows the story anyway. <laughs> Somewhere out there a
0: British person's yeah, I
1: think we ought to make it like a little bit of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Who's, who's coming down? Charles Dickens booming down from beyond the grave to shut it down? <laughs> let's do, let's do Scrooge the musical. The Bill Murray one. That's, that's a, a good start. You know, that's a better one. We can be evasive on that for the two or three years before those lawyers catch up with us. <laughs>
2: uh, so we just won't make any money on it. Problem solved.
0: Well, that's what they're already doing now,
1: yeah. isn't it? Uh, that's true. That's
2: a good point.
0: Uh, let's move on to uh, the other event that we took uh, that we went to this weekend. Well, me and Kevin went to this event this weekend, and you were unable to go. Uh, but now that you've been to the studio and seen the hall that Kevin and I brought back from... I'm pretty jealous. Yeah, from the Uticon yeah. Comic Convention. Uh, you're jealous, clearly. I, I missed out. Um, I got to be honest. The Uticon sort of snuck up on me, even though it is the 13th
1: year they've done it. Which is crazy. Which is crazy. Um but we had a table there for in Utica. So did you know I didn't learn uh, I didn't learn that the Uticon was a different thing from Vandemicon until after I left.
0: No, That's how little I know no. about it. Uh, well, here's the thing. I look. I'll be honest here. I've never really been to a comic book convention before. No, or anything that like I've never been to Comic Con. I've never done like any like small level like video game conventions or anything. Mm. I lived in New York. I didn't do any of that stuff. It was uh, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Well, the point I'm saying is I actually enjoyed it much more than I thought it was going to be. It was much more legit than I expected it to be. I don't know if that's, like, cynical to say, but that's how I feel about it.
1: Um, I'll give you my takes, because I'm not really a comic book guy, so I was walking around. I had a good time. Um, I talked to a few different vendors. I bought a few things, got some cool prints, some stuff I never exactly thought I would want, but I looked at it. It was really neat, and so I got it, some different art that guys were doing. My, the thing I kept noticing at comic at this Unicon Comic-Con thing was that it was always just a couple notches off anything I really cared about. Mm. If that makes sense. Because like, I'm not a comic book guy. I've tried to read books in comic book format. I've tried to read graphic novels. it just don't work for me. Sure. I don't like it. Um, and so a lot of the stuff, like digging through the stacks of comic books, unless the art on the cover was like really, really cool. It's just kind of whatever mm. to me. But, like, there was a lot of stuff where they were, like, almost where I needed them to yeah. be to be way up my alley. Like, there was always a lot of, like, almost, like, horror movies and classic monsters. Yeah. Some different things like that. There was a lot of stuff that was just almost there for me. But it was definitely, I mean, it was fun. For what did we pay, five bucks to get in? Oh, like, yeah. Five bucks to get in, they had free coffee. Walked around for 90 minutes. It was a good time.
0: I think, uh, and you touched on it a little bit, because I got stuck doing things that I always do in comic book stores, which is I, like, browse through the dollar bins and look for old-timey, goofy comics that make me laugh. And I look for all sorts of Fallout stuff if I can find. Through Godzilla nonsense, you actually seemed more fascinated by the artists who were actually there, who were selling prints. People yeah, yeah. who were selling like pieces of art that they created, which is much more fascinating. Hundred me.
1: percent. I mean, I like talking to the guys, and it was. I think I thought it was cool, branding that a lot of the guys who had the prints they were selling yeah. were sitting there at their booth when like nobody's at their booth talking to them, which is their sketch pad just doodling. Yeah. And so to watch the process, that was so much more fascinating to me. And I got talking to one guy who was was like a really really old guy who was in there who like used to draw a little bit for like Captain America like 40 years ago and like just talking to him about like drawing and about that and like meeting the artist that stuff was really cool to me cuz I don't much care about the majority of the characters I don't care no. about actual comic books at all anything like that but the artists doing the prints like the unique one off runs of prints yeah. that's that was the coolest part for me I was expecting more cosplayers yeah, there
0: was less cosplayers than expected. That one good Darth Vader, that one good Harley Quinn, that was about it. That girl
1: dressed as Harley Quinn was doing the Lord's work. Yeah, um, she was. Ooh,
0: I missed out on that. The Dark yeah. Lord's work. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: She, Fair enough. She was indeed. I saw a lot of Harley Quinn, though, four or five Harley Quinn jackets. I saw that yeah. one kid in the busted up Darth Vader helmet. Uh, I saw that kid walking in dressed as Link when we were leaving. And I could mm. secretly sense how mad you were, because I remember when you were Link for Halloween, like five or six years ago. You know your costume was way better than that, guys? Way better. His costume was weak. And I could see you getting, like, tight when you were walking by you. That costume is lost to the world. It vanished. Damn, I was gonna
0: borrow it. Yeah, over Uh, the years of moving between apartments, it's just gone. Who knows? Great costume, though. Did see Good Friend of the
1: Podcast... Mr. De La Chase, the Holidays Comics Squad.
0: Oh, yes, that's right. The Holidays Comics crew, Andrew was also there. Uh, gave him a good high five. They were pretty busy. I didn't get a chance to talk yeah, to them. they were indeed. popping off. They were indeed. Uh, and before we move on today, uh, Kev, you brought this up to me. I didn't know this.
1: I didn't know that Ben Affleck was making his own Batman movie. Yeah, he's come completely what? unhinged. He's gone unhinged. He's uh, writing and producing and directing a Batman, a standalone Batman movie called... You ready? Ready. The Batman.
2: I'm going to tell you right now, second best Batman ever made, coming up right now. That's the... This is you saying that's number um, two? Yes. Yes. I have that much faith in Ben Affleck. False. Mm, yep. I do. I do. I do. Completely wrong. No. No, 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 Okay. All right. All right. We'll that, see. I, I think that Ben we'll Affleck... to Joel Schumacher loving. Yeah, I, think I know he, you.
0: I think he looked at himself in the mirror after Argo and said, I can't fail. I'm too big to fail. And you know what? He's right. It, it all fell and off the cliff. he's clip. right. No, it's not, he's not right. He's not <laughs> no, right. No, he's,
1: he's still been cranking. He was just in that poor Superman movie, which sucked because Superman sucks as a character. Yeah, that's what I'm but, saying. It's not his fault. Um, no, it's going to be bad because he's going to be playing this weird old man, Batman. I, we're just we're oversaturated on Batman right now. That is like true. That's not like, Ben Affleck's fault. Don't bring him into this. Well, it's yeah, but it, it's it's his fault for trying to go back to the well one too many times. All right, we'll see. We will. Are we ready for another Batman movie? It's that's, not that that's, far what away. that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's like, too much. People are exhausted with the Batman.
0: Dude, they are re-releasing all the Harry Potter movies back into theaters like they didn't just come out less than like 10 years ago.
1: Like That you can do. Those people are animals. The Harry the Harry Bad Potter people. Like Star Wars are people. Are sick. Yeah. And if you can keep if you can keep making the money, that's one thing. But like to do another, it's like the same thing with how they get like they've made like ninety different Spider-Man movies in the last ten years. It's like at a certain point, you have to let the character breathe a little bit. Yeah,
0: yeah. And like just going
1: back and doing something called the Batman, where it's just like an overarching statement on just Batman, that's too much and it's too broad. We'll see. You know what I mean? Um,
0: well, in honor of the Batman. I'm going to attempt to do the outro in Batman voice. Oh, Jesus. Here we go. Follow Cliff Montoni on oh. Twitter. At actually Cliff. Follow Kev Sullivan on Twitter at underscore Kevin Sullivan. Underscore? Underscore. Don't make me say it twice, it hurts my throat. Where's the trigger? And <clears throat> I can't do it. I can't do it. Hurt my it voice. It's over. Uh follow well. the Udicast at Twitter at Udicast. Send us a letter at Udicast at gmail.com. Uh, follow me on Twitter at SF Doom. Instagram at Udicast. Uh, I think that's pretty the much Man in the, yeah. the, the, the Mask. Man in the Mask. Man in the Mask. I know Doom. about you, SF Doom. SF Doom. Uh, folks, we'll catch you next week. Thank you once again. It's always my pleasure.